Today's episode of Times Ours is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing, ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to timesrs.robinhood.com. That's timesrs.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation, or solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. that time jersey. You're listening to the Super Bowl edition of Time Czars with Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor, in association with the Athletic Podcast Network. Chiefs Kingdom, it's been over 50 years. Time Czars. The Super Bowl edition of Times Ours. The intro is correct. It's actually mostly correct because Seth Kaiser is not with us at the moment. In spirit, yes. In the intro, yes. Thanks to Matthew Livingston for the Super Bowl Times Ours intro. Yeah, we're bringing it to you on a Monday because it's Super Bowl week, baby. I am Joshua Briscoe. That part you probably figured out. Nate Taylor in Miami. Nate, the baseline of that has me ready to go. I don't know where my energy was at. I'm in Kansas City. It's cold. You're in Miami. We're far apart, but I am I am brought up to the energy level I need to be at right now for some Super Bowl preview talk. Yes, Matthew. Thank you again, uh, good sir. No, it's it's uh it's nice and warm here. Uh, there's there's palm trees. Uh, yeah, there's a football great. game that's going to actually happen this week. Guys got off a plane, you know, uh, and and waved to adoring fans. So yeah, it's yeah. it's the Super Bowl. Um, couldn't be more excited to talk about a football game that will happen in another seven days. Uh, I was driving this morning, actually, believe it or not, before this very, very early podcast and uh, hit a patch of ice and almost slid uh, face first into a a truck of some sort. So, I mean, you know, it's cool here in Kansas City also. It's fine. There's just there's just that morning kind of black ice that could end your life at any moment. And you've got palm trees. It's super cool. (laughs) Yes, it is. uh, It is super cool to know that, uh, (laughs) you know, I have left all my all my friends and family. Back in the Midwest for this once in a lifetime sort of experience uh, of of the Super Bowl week. I mean, you know, it, it's still unusual to see so much chief stuff here. Uh, yeah, you know, because it's just never occurred in my thirty two years um, in my life. But yeah, I think for a lot of fans, they should cherish this week. They should uh, soak it up as much as they can, savor it. Uh, which is what I tell my son all the time. Just savor it. It ain't going nowhere. Just, just savor it. Um, so, how often yeah, does ten- that work? Well, eh, it's like a fifty-fifty. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he. Uh, Hayden's a pretty good listener. the The fun thing is that um, I would encourage people to, you know, hopefully they have the NFL Network's uh, channel or their app of some sort to to view. 
of the Monday night extravaganza that is media night. It's going to be at Marlins Park of all places. It's going to be in a baseball stadium uh, where people ask outrageous questions to football players that they've never seen in person. And I get to experience all of that and perhaps write a little bit about it. Um, Our colleague Rustin Dodd's going to be here with me. Um, I gave him the horrible assignment of having to follow Patrick Mahomes around for two hours. (laughs) (laughs) While people ask him all sorts of things that I am not interested in. But I'm sure our listeners and our readers will find all the um, chaotic and yet hopefully mostly fun back and forth exchange uh, with Patrick Mahomes to be to be something intriguing for people to read. I'll be with probably Frank Clark because I yeah. probably think Frank Clark's going to say something yeah. uh, that'll be memorable. So who knows, you know, but but it all kicks off tonight and. Um, yeah, it should be, it should be fun to see a lot of my friends and colleagues here that cover this, uh, insanely silly football league. And it's, it's going to be very silly. There, there's no getting around that. Um, and it's weird because like, it's going to be very silly, but also you and I, and and the people, most of the people listening right now are like very, very interested in the football game itself. But if you're like, hey, you guys are talking too much about the silly, first of all, I mean, you know, we're going to get around to it. Uh, Make sure you're here for Friday's episode. But also, um, I don't even know how to do this with the (laughs) team that we're covering and root for and everything. Like, I don't even know. I've I've never had to be super interested in the X's and O's of the Super Bowl. It's always been about the spectacle. So what? where's your head right now as you're trying to appreciate the spectacle, savor the experience, and then also try to put together the beginnings of expectations for a football game? Yeah, I think, you know, you have to, you have to take our time with this as, as much as we can. But I think over the next couple days, uh, as everybody in the industry talks, starts to talk to one another, whether at certain parties whether at media availabilities, at, you know, uh, off sites of practices, like you're going to get a better feel for that, for the game and just the expectations on both sides. Um, you know, the 49ers have been pretty coy, I feel like, in their sort of um, public comments where the Chiefs have been a little bit more, you know, outspoken in terms of what it means to get to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years versus like, hey, you know, we think and believe we, we we're gonna win because you know we have this guy named Patrick Mahomes um so it'll be fascinating to see like how this all sort of plays out I I find it really fascinating too because there's not a lot of guys that have played in this game previously you know there's the Richard Sherman element from San Francisco there's Stefan Wozniewski and uh Terrell Suggs guys that are you know role players um but don't get a lot of the the, the spotlight for the Chiefs and how both of these teams handle this upcoming week and how different they are, how similar they are going to be, will be somewhat fascinating to watch as well. Whenever you look at sort of the first steps of of putting an eye on the game, because I want to do a little bit of that, and, and we will do some of that later on as well, because uh, we're going to be joined by Matt Barrows of uh, the Athletics uh, 49ers podcast, Here's the Catch. So we will, we'll talk to him about the Niners perspective a little bit, and, and we'll see if we can beat him to a punch or two here. Because as we are trying to understand the football that's about to be played there are a couple of there are a couple of storylines that I think are, are are really rising to the top not just with the guys who've been there before or not but like what the Niners have done to get to this point and, and so whenever you've whenever you've looked back at them a little bit 
to to understand again how a team that I mean I don't I don't know if anybody really expected the Niners to be in this position right. at all this year. Um, how how have they gotten here in in your mind? And we'll ask Matt the same thing, but from your perspective first. Yeah, I think um, you know I've watched for whatever reason like the Niners. It helps that they're obviously a West Coast team, and it, it helps that they were on primetime quite a bit. Um, so I feel like for Chiefs fans who are trying to understand the Niners, I think the two best games to really observe are the Monday night football game where they had their first loss of the season to the Seattle Seahawks, where Russell Wilson kind of just somehow carried the Seahawks towards victory. Like, I'm not sure they were the better team that night in Santa Clara, but you know, in translating what Patrick Mahomes can do to the escapability and the elusiveness that Russell Wilson has, that yeah. sort of gave the first inklings of a blueprint to like, hey, this is probably the best way to beat a dominant front seven that the 49ers possess. Um, and then week 17, you know, inside Arrowhead, I'm, you know, writing my story about, hey, like, who could have who could have thought that, like, the Chiefs would win and Ryan Fitzpatrick is like, beating the Patriots and all of a sudden they have the bye. But, you know, I go home and that night and I see that, you know, week 17 really comes down to who gets the one seed between the Seahawks and the, and the 49ers. Uh, if the Seahawks win, they, I think would have been like the third seed or something like that. So it's a, there's all these playoff implications and their defense uh, started to figure out Russell Wilson as the game went along and their secondary held up pretty well. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is capable that's probably the best yeah. way of saying it, right, Josh? Like he's not, yeah, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, he's not even Tom Brady in a lot of ways. You know, where it's just like he's just going to be so efficient that it's like mind numbing in a lot of ways. But Jimmy Garoppolo is capable. A lot of people have referenced what occurred when the 49ers beat the Saints in that shootout down in the Superdome. But mm-hmm. so much of that game was injury related because there was injuries on both sides of the defense. Uh, so that was not like this, the Saints at their full strength, and that was also not the, the 49ers at their full strength on defense either. Like, I don't think D4 played. Richard Sherman got hurt in that game uh, and did not finish it. So when when they get in a shootout, there's at least one game where you could say, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo was capable of, like, you know, leading his team in a shootout. He is also capable of, like, not making too many mistakes in playoff games or – just handing the ball off and, you know, waiting for his opportunities when they present themselves. Uh, so I feel like this is a pretty good team. I think you're right, Josh, in saying that, like, nobody really expected it. Because I just thought that this year meant a ton to the Saints, given what had happened last year in the playoffs. I thought the Rams were probably going to repeat as a division champs, although I figured they would be pushed by Seattle and San Francisco. Um, and that was not the case. And so, yeah, I mean, the bears were down. Um, I never really trusted the Vikings. Sorry, Kirk cousins. Um, so, and obviously the NFC East was like, a a, a burning, you know, you know what, where it's just like, wow, wow, guys, does anybody want to win this division? Uh, so they, they've drafted really well. They've traded for a capable quarterback. They have a smart coach who uh, does not put his players in a compromising position often, and all of that has led them to the Super Bowl. Has their road been as impressive as the Chiefs? Um, Some could argue that it hasn't just because they didn't have the injury uh, adversity. They didn't have sort of the redemption storyline to sort of 
be throughout the entire season. But I do think they are a capable team that is obviously worthy of being here in Miami for Super Bowl 54. And I mean, and this was a team that that was four and twelve last year. Like, and I I know I know that they obviously lost Garoppolo in the game against the Chiefs in Week Three when Stephen Nelson like popped them and tried to cut back down the sideline or whatever. I was all yes. weird. Um, it was very strange. But I mean, regardless, like for for whatever we think of Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't feel like a nine game swing. And I I mean, like, he's not. I don't. To be honest, <laughs> no, he's not. Like, as, as just as a metric, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is a nine game swing. Like just just to sort of settle how that works. Like you know, if we we if Matt Moore would have played every game for the Chiefs this year, I think they might have still won the division. Like yeah, it, they might have still been nine and seven and ten and six if he you know if everybody else stayed healthy. Yeah, right. So I mean, and and it's not like they had, I I mean a total overhaul as far as talent. Like you and you mentioned the Vikings. Um, I, I've never trusted the Vikings at literally at all, <laughs> but um, but they are a offensively thoroughly more talented team. Defensively, they're not. Defensively, yes. it's the Niners, and so maybe maybe for me, this is revealing a little bit of of my kind of inherent bias against teams that are winning with defense ahead of what they're doing offensively. Um, I, I don't know, but like every position group, I think, except maybe the offensive line. Um, offensively, I would go, no, I'd take what the, the Vikings have. And I guess not at tight end either, but if I was going to give you all the pass catchers or whatever, for, for the, the talent that does exist on the Niners squad, like I would, I would take the Vikings group. I think I would, I would take Dalvin cook. Um, I don't know how much of a difference there is between Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk cousins, either direction. I, I, you know, I, I, both of those contracts like give me a headache and, and, and both of the conversations around both of those guys give me a headache. So I, I'm sure you could, you could argue in little margins, but like this isn't the, this isn't the Niners Vikings game we're previewing. It's, it's Niners and chiefs and the, in the closer that we get to the game, the more I find myself being, uh, I guess a combination of baffled and impressed by Shanahan and the Niners and still, though, the amount of confidence I find myself having in the Chiefs is, like, a little alarming, maybe? Just because even with the 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 front seven that you mentioned for San Francisco, and specifically the pass rush, and then specifically even then the edges, you're right. that they. I mean, they've been challenged a little bit by the quarterbacks on the run. Russell Wilson a couple of times... And not necessarily running quarterbacks, but like mobile quarterbacks yes. who can actually move around outside of the pocket whenever those guys are, are forced into contain or, or just when their paths get more difficult. Kyler Murray had a couple of interesting games against them. I mean, you can you can find quarterbacks who could move and say, you know what? The, the Niners defense was a little less overwhelming in those instances. And we know Patrick Mahomes can do that. He's also a better passer than, let me check my notes, all of those guys. Because <laughs> let he's me a check better pass than notes. anyone. Yeah, like, better than anyone I've ever seen doing this, and I, and I think Russell Wilson's outstanding. Yeah, but Mahomes is a better football player than Russell Wilson is right now. So, I I just I just think it's an absolutely fascinating game, partially because, and this is obviously also biased of of where I'm at. I I feel like I have a pretty excellent understanding of the Chiefs and a a, a quite muddy one of the of the Niners, which again maybe that continues to clarify over the week a little bit. But as of right now, I 
I, I'm going to say this, and someone's going to tweet me because I don't really want to say it exactly this way. Here we go. But it, it feels – oh, God. I'm going to – Here get, we go. It feels borderline smoke and mirrors, at least offensively. Defensively, I, I don't think it does. But off, the, the Niners' offense feels sort of smoke and mirrors-ish. I don't think that's – it's entire – the entire offense is built on illusions. I don't think that's 100% true. But I am I just can't help my skepticism that Jimmy Garoppolo and a really clever creative running game is going to outpace Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I just I can't quite talk myself into that yet. There's there's reason to 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 feel that way, Josh, because um and what makes this so compelling, I think, on both ends is like, okay, the the, the Chiefs were the two seed in the AFC. They did not play the best team in their conference. The Baltimore Ravens yep. faltered and lost to the Tennessee Titans. Now, it appears as of the month of January that the Tennessee Titans were in fact the second best team in the conference and they beat a team that was 14 and 2 um in the Baltimore Ravens and so like wildly impressive performance from Tennessee and Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel. But the, the path was not as challenging as we all assumed it would be for the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. For the 49ers, this is why it's important to get the one seed, kids. Like, this is why yeah. you should break your neck <laughs> trying to get the top <laughs> seed in whatever yeah. conference you're playing in. Because yeah. I honestly believe, I don't feel like they played the two best teams in their own conference outside of themselves, right? Like, if the yeah. 49ers can't play themselves, well, they, ha- they have to play somebody. Um, yeah. I think the New Orleans Saints are a better football team. It's just Kirk Cousins had a hell of a day um, yep. and, you know, broke a narrative that was really, really bad, that many chapters in it. Yes. <laughs> so, so, like, good. so they didn't play the Saints, who I thought were just flat out the best team that was going to be the competition for the 49ers going into the playoffs. Like, when the, you know, when opening round week started, I was like, oh, you know, Man, if I'm the 49ers, I really don't want to play the Saints. And then, as we mentioned before, the team in their own division that knew them the best, that knew how to sort of, you know, tie their arms behind their back or made them play left-handed or just made it feel very uncomfortable was the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. And knowing that Russell Wilson was honestly the best quarterback in the conference. So, in a weird way, you know, they lose to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, the Saints can't even get out of their home stadium in the opening round, and you just play the teams that are in front of you. And look, Kirk Cousins is—he's fine. He's completely fine. Uh, <laughs> that defense, I thought, was a little bit embarrassing, and that was like Kyle Shanahan's like just like masterpiece of like, like, hey, the the Vikings have a pretty good defense. We're going to torch them. Um, yeah. And then it's just a man on man problem with the Green Bay Packers. We're like scheme and personnel just doesn't fit against the 49ers and their personnel so that Raheem, you know, that uh, monster can just run Mostly, wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and obviously, they're, you know, the Chiefs' defensive personnel is clearly different than, like, you know, the Green Bay Packers. And we'll see how it all plays out on Sunday. But it is clear to me that these teams did not go through, like, they didn't walk on the football equivalent of glass to get to Miami. Like, yeah. the Chiefs play two home games. The 49ers play two home games. Uh, neither yeah. team was really tested outside of, like, the Chiefs' first half against the Houston Texans. Even, no matter how great the Titans played, and, like, 
you know, this is a week removed from that game. It was very clear that, like, they can't stop the Chiefs' offense. So, like, of course you're going to lose by, like, double digits. And, hey, guess what? Vegas was right in terms of that betting line, despite the Titans playing really well on offense for a half. Um, I just feel like neither team has been ultimately tested for full 60 minutes of football. And that's what's going to make Sunday really compelling because – We've never seen Jimmy Garoppolo behind in these playoffs. Like, not for a single second, y'all. He is not trailed. It's crazy. And yeah. that goes to your point, Josh, about, like, is it, you know, is it smoke and mirrors? Is it just Kyle Shanahan is great about managing the game even above a game manager type quarterback in the playoffs? Yeah. And it does say that, like, the 49ers defense understood its importance of, like, hey, if we could just, if we just, if, if if the offense gets a lead, we just need to hold it down because we we can't let this get into like a wacky game. That's obviously going to be hard to do for the Chiefs. Um, and for the Chiefs, look, they 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 beat history. They actually overcame fifty years of sorrow <laughs> to get here. Right. Uh, right. So that's their biggest triumph. While like not while you know beating the Houston Texans and like the Tennessee. Titans. I mean, like, they didn't beat the Baltimore Ravens or the New England Patriots. The 49ers did not beat the Seattle Seahawks or the New Orleans Saints. So I, I'm i I'm eager to see how each team reacts in the first 20 to 30 minutes of, of Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And which will then immediately lead into the longest halftime of their careers. And yes. What do you do during that time? Uh, yeah, by the way. You play I mean, Uno. We, That's we, what you do. <laughs> just play just play uno hey man i'm gonna i'm gonna take my phone out i'm gonna see if i can get in a little candy crush real yeah, quick i gotta right. chill um it like for coaches that we think are good everywhere and like on both of these teams like both offensive and defensive leaders of these teams um either all like you know have been or will be head coaches like and, and have been excellent in their fields on on some level um halftime adjustments for this game could be absolutely wild yeah they really could I mean, the hey, look, the last, that, uh, look, if, uh, if my memory is correct, if my memory is correct, excuse me, the last time we had a Super Bowl here, Sean Payton was like, you know what? We're going to come out of halftime and we're going to onside kick it to ourselves. Wow. I hadn't even thought about that being the last Miami Super Bowl. I believe, I believe that's correct. Uh, I will, I will do some rigorous uh, fact checking here shortly. Well, while, while you are a journalist, I will, I will say one thing that, um, I would like to clarify again just before before either Twitter gets to me or you'd sell me out to Matt and say, hey, Matt, this is Nate. Quick question. Josh says the Niners are smoking mirrors. Your thoughts? Before <laughs> Your we thoughts. get to that moment, before we get to that moment hey, here soon. Hey, Jimmy would, Garoppolo, like my, my podcast colleague doesn't think you're good at football. <laughs> what I, well, I mean, that's true, actually. If you want to say that, that's fine. I don't think that's it's actually true. But but uh, I don't want you to say that to Kyle Shanahan because right. what I would what I would, the amendment I would like to make is it feels kind of smoke and mirrors e kind of smoke and mirrors ish and which which means that Kyle Shanahan is the magician yes. with the smoke and the mirrors that creates you know a, a version of Jimmy Garoppolo that's fifty feet tall and a running game where a dude who was cut by let me check my notes again ninety six NFL teams I don't even know how that's possible <laughs> is all of a sudden the best running back in the NFL and now we've moved on from Derrick Henry in one week because Raheem Mostert just ran for every touchdown like. I I, th- I I don't I, I think there's a difference between 
saying this is fake and this is schemed up. But if you if you gave me the choice between, you know, an, an excellently schemed offense and an excellently schemed offense that also has some of the most talented players at their respective positions in the entire sport, I would rather have the latter. And the Chiefs have that, and the Niners are more the former. And so, again, I there's an argument to make for the Niners absolutely in this game, and I might even I might even switch hats here in a second and try to make it. But it I I just especially offensively. I continue to be a little bit baffled by what the Niners have done, and I think that your point made on um, on what they've been able to do as far as in these two playoff games, and then see some of the places they've tripped up leading up to this point. I think that's I think that's well said. And yeah, well taken by me. No, no, I agree, and I and you're right. I mean, Kyle Shanahan has proven himself to be uh, a wise tactician. Um, you don't have yeah. to overthink these things, you know. And so much of I think football fans is like. Man, if I can see it on my couch or if I can see it in the stands or I can see it, you know, at the bar, like, why can't you see it on the sidelines? And for, right. 40, and for 49ers fans, you don't have to have that issue. You know, you don't have to have, like, Kyle Shanahan doesn't know what's going on or doesn't know the best path to success or to victory. Um, so he's proven that. I'm eager to see what he thinks the best path to victory is against the Chiefs because, you know, I think Mike Vrabel had a great game plan. And then it he... The, the team was just overwhelmed and still trailing at halftime. So, you know, what are you what are you gonna do? Um, I did check via Pro Football Reference. Shout out to them that yes, the last time the Super Bowl was played in Miami was February seventh, two thousand ten. Saints thirty one, Colts seventeen, in Dolphin Stadium. There wasn't even a sponsor on the there building. Wasn't even a sponsor? Wow. A, apparently to. To pro football reference, like it was just called Dolphins Stadium, which you know, sorry Danielle, the, the Dolphins haven't been to the Super Bowl in like <laughs> two decades. Going Not on before three, since I was born. Yeah, sorry. Oh. Yeah, but they, but they, yeah, thanks. thanks. Brutal. Thanks for bringing that up, Nate. Yeah. I'm sure Danielle really appreciates that. I mean, I, I'd, I'd forgotten that it's been a millennia since the <laughs> Dolphins game. Any, any good? It's, so, it's cool. It's fun. So you know when the uh, when the when the when the dolphins get there, we will, we will, we will shower you with uh, with min- much confetti. There, we will know. all be dead, and football will no longer exist. It won't be a thing. <laughs> hey, they're gonna It'll get be there by literal two. Dolphins. They're gonna take two Tagovailoa, baby. Oh, two will be know, fun. You know, he'll be fun. Now, hopefully, he's healthy. Um, but you know, oh, I, don't do that. I, look, it's a true. It's a hey. That is a positive statement. I hope you get healthy, young fella. Uh, love watching you play football. Sorry about the whole hip thing. The uh, but I don't know. Like I feel for the Super Bowl, the idea that hey, uh, there are two smart coaches in the Super Bowl. Like, do we get that often? I don't feel like we get that often, Josh. Well, that's like, a good question. Actually, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like getting two well coached, competent football teams that like know what they're good at, know what they're not good at, or like try to enhance. Hey, this is our strength, and try to limit our weaknesses. I don't feel like we get that a ton based on, you know, recent history of, you know, the two teams that are involved in, in the Super Bowl. So I I feel like if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out here slinging the football, give all the praise to Kyle Shanahan. I'll still be oh, talking yeah. about I'll still be talking about yes. Kyle Shanahan over the person who's actually throwing the football. Like, man, what a hell of a coaching job he did scheming this dude up for 13 days. 
What a throw <laughs> by Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, that's, that's, gonna, that's gonna happen. Super Bowl. Yeah, leading up to the well, Super Bowl, listen. like, man, can you see how he's getting all these guys open? Jeez. Listen, uh, Nate, not 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 only not only are these two teams clearly accompanied by excellent coaches. They're also accompanied by excellent podcasts here on The Athletic. That's a segue. If you'd like more of the 49ers leading up to this big game, you can check out Here's the Catch right here on The Athletic. One of the hosts of Here's the Catch joins us right now here on Time's Ours, Matt Barrows. Uh, Matt, I, I think I accidentally said a minute ago that I think the Niners offense is smoke and mirrors, <laughs> and I just want to go ahead and say that to you now so you can tell me how wrong I am and how I can begin immediately regretting my uh, word choice. Well, it, it can be smoke and it can be mirrors. I mean, uh, the thing about the 49ers offense is it can be a lot of different things, and I think that that's, that's an advantage. I mean, they can be mm-hmm. a running team. They can be a team where Jimmy Garoppolo throws for 400 yards. They've, they've done a little of everything this year. My sense is that in this game, uh, they'd love it to go the way the, the previous two went, where they're just running at will against the Chiefs, and uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, I, I know that the Chiefs played really well against the run uh, in their last game, but uh, over the course of the season, they have not. And that, that's that been a moot point, I realize, for a lot of these games uh, that they played because the offense is so good. Uh, but I, I think that that's going to be the 49ers' tack. Run and run to the outside. Yep. And if you're, you know, banging off, I think it was like over seven yards a carry against the Packers, uh, a gaudy number like that help. I yeah. mean, that's don't why, why do anything beyond that? Uh, yep. th- that that could get you uh, a long ways toward a Super Bowl title. No, I, I I completely agree, Matt. And thanks for joining us, man. Um, obviously, we we enjoy what you guys do on the West Coast. I I, I feel like you know I just feel like Shanahan's he's he's like he is prepared for this moment. I assume he's not going to have a collapse like he had last time when he was the offensive coordinator. For the Atlanta Falcons in that in that historic Super Bowl uh, a couple years ago, but you know for for the 49ers, um, so much of what I'm interested in is their secondary and the idea that you know I think a lot of Chiefs fans are obviously concerned about Richard Sherman and his capabilities, especially what he did uh, you know two weeks I guess now against the Green Bay Packers. How how confident should you know 49er fans feel about their secondary against the Chiefs? Uh, receivers and how would you sort of uh, describe their safety play so far when it seems like every team is trying to prevent Mahomes from going over the top? Yeah, it's been a real strength and, and sort of underplayed strength this year. Last year, uh, the defense was just full of busts. I mean, they would let uh, let guys go and there'd be 85-yard touchdowns and it, and it seemed like that happened every week. That's not happening at all this year. And uh, a lot of praise needs to go to the defensive line just because they're they're not allowing quarterbacks uh, the luxury to kind of drop back and throw that 85-yarder. But uh, there's a good uh, cohesion, symbiotic nature, if you will, between the secondary and the front line. I think that's, that's probably um, 1A when you're explaining how, how good uh, the secondary's been this year. And then the other part is that uh, Joukowsky-Tart, who's a strong safety, and Jimmy Ward, who who is a free safety, they've been playing together since high school. They were on the same high school team in Mobile, Alabama. Wow. They know each other really well. Uh, the communication between them, obviously, is is excellent. And uh, they've just been on their game this year. And it's been a, a mix of, you know, coming up and, and thumping a, a ball player after, you know, a five-yard gain. 
and uh, also being on the back end and not allowing those those big plays. And uh, Jimmy Ward in particular uh, had a lot of criticism in his career. He was a uh, a first-round pick back in 2014, uh, and I think he ended his first four seasons on IR. This year, knock on wood, he's been healthy, and he's really sort of uh, risen to the occasion and and proven to a lot of his doubters that, okay, this is the reason I was a a first-round pick. It's been sort of a a, a delayed... uh, uh, ascendance, if you will, but uh, now that he has, he's been very good. You you mentioned how helpful that pass rush has been to to making the secondary's job a little bit easier. Obviously, we know D Ford well, um, but whenever you look at, at whenever that line is healthy, not even just Ford and Bosa, but also the guys on the inside, how much of a game wrecking unit has that been in moments, and what do you think it can be? specifically when you're looking at, at a team matching up against Patrick Mahomes, and also in light of, of them maybe having a little more trouble than usual against quarterbacks who are willing to move around a little bit. Yeah, that's all That's all true, and uh, they've had trouble with Russell Wilson, uh, and you know you never want to compare players saying they're exactly alike, but uh, I think the 49ers feel as if Mahomes has a lot of similarities to Wilson. He's the AFC Russell Wilson and that's not good for the 49ers because Wilson has been a boogeyman for them over the years. Um, they, they really haven't had the full complement of their pass rush uh, because of D. Ford. D. Ford has been uh, unhealthy from don't, the summer on. He, don't Chiefs fans know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. Don't Chiefs fans remember those years. <laughs> yeah. you, you, get, you guys may have given us an, an overused product. Uh, I was looking at his snap count from last year, and I was astounded. Yeah. Astounded that he played 1,200 <laughs> snaps, something yeah. like that. It was a huge number. Contract and, year, uh, man. And Contract then year, I, man. I realized, I realized that's the reason he's only played 200 this year. They wore the hell out of him last year in Kansas City. <laughs> Um, but having said that, uh, he is as healthy as he's been in a while and boy, he's really motivated to play this week. Um, so my point being a lot of the, the games that, uh, you know, they played against Kyler Murray, against Russell Wilson, against Lamar Jackson, they didn't have everybody at their disposal on this line. They will this at this point. And and to me, that's, this is, this is the game. This is the key point of the game. Either. We're going to come away from this game thinking, wow, you know, 49ers defense, especially that front line, is elite. It's in the same category as Seahawks 2013, as Giants 2011, or the, the come away is going to be, wow, Patrick Holmes is elite. He is, you know, the best quarterback we've seen in a while. He's going to be the guy in the NFL for the next 10 years. Uh, but right now, I, I really have no clue what the answer to that is going to be. Yeah, that, that's why that's why this game is so fun and fascinating to me because I could make an argument yeah. for both sides of how, you know, despite the Chiefs' improvement on the defensive line and the fact that, you know, Spagnola used nine defensive linemen against the Titans that, you know, hey, maybe it just won't be their day in terms of limiting the 49ers' ability to run the football and, and have, you know, Josh, I'm triggering Josh right now, uh, Matt. But like, <laughs> maybe, maybe the maybe the 49ers have close to a two to one ratio in time of possession, uh, and That's maybe they fine. get a turnover. Yeah, I know. Maybe they get a turnover into a turnover <laughs> or two, I should say. Or maybe the Chiefs settle for field goals instead of touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah. They've been like historically good these last two playoff games when they get in the red zone. Uh, I can make an argument for all of that happening. 
And I can make an argument that, you know, like you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes is a is a souped up version of, of what they've seen in Russell Wilson from the 49ers perspective. And, you know, there's there's more weapons that Mahomes has than, than Russell Wilson has. And so that's a absolutely there's a dual issue there where it's like, hey, if we can't if we can't pressure him or even if we do pressure him and he somehow escapes, I, you know, much like I, much like we've watched all year asking elite level athletes in the secondary to cover three or four players of this caliber for more than three to four seconds is, I mean, that that's, you're asking for the impossible. And um, yeah, I could, you know, the, the thing that I mentioned to Josh, Matt, and, and I'm interested to see what you think is, um, you know, how have the 49ers handled adversity this year? Because it really hasn't occurred in the playoffs. And that is a credit to, not only that defense, but obviously Kyle Shanahan sort of managing the game from a play calling standpoint. But how would you say, what would you say were the the, the biggest adversity moments for the 49ers and how they sort of overcame them uh, to get to this point in the Super Bowl? Well, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, and they've been injuries to, to key players. I mean, they, they lost both of their tackles for a stretch. They lost both cornerbacks for a stretch. They lost George Kittle for a couple games. They lost their fullback for four games. Uh, and they kept rolling through all that. And, and uh, going back to one of your points, I think that's largely Kyle Shanahan. He was sort of able to scheme around some of the missing elements that otherwise w- would sink a team. Uh, so there's that. But they also went through just a really brutal December where they started out in Baltimore. They came down here to Florida for a week. Then they went to uh, New Orleans to play uh, Drew Brees there. Then they had uh, a game against the Rams, and they finished up the season against the Seahawks. And it was just they, they played five games in the month of December. All five of them came down to the final play. Uh, we, we, I call it Ajita City. I mean, it was just it was impossible to watch if if you were a fan. It was wait, not another game coming down to the final play, but they all did right. Um, and the 49ers lost a couple of those games. They lost in Baltimore, and then they uh, fell into a, a classic trap game after they got back from their big road trip, and they lost to the Falcons, their last loss of the season. But they also won three of those games. Uh, and uh, those were as uh, sort of uh, heart-palpitating uh, games as you'd ever could come up with in your head. And Jimmy Garoppolo won some of those games, and the defense won some of those games, and they won them in different ways, and I feel like that has really buoyed their their confidence that we are battle-tested. We can win in any environment, and we can win in a lot of different ways. They haven't had to uh, in the playoffs because they've just mowed over their, their, their first two opponents basically in the same way uh, in the first half and, and gotten out to such a big lead that there hasn't been a lot of struggle. But um, this team certainly has struggled in, in myriad ways, and uh, I feel like they feel they're they're very hardened and ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Matt, the last question for me, and I don't know if Nate's going to have one more. That's uh, Nate. That's that's up to you. You can you can begin now uh, preparing your, your final <laughs> question. But but mine's very big picture here, um, and and very very open ended. So paint us the paint us the picture, Matt, of if the 49ers win this game, it will look like what? I think it'll it'll look like the last two games where there's a lot of running. Um, 
and they're able to score points and run. So they're not one of these old-fashioned teams that says we're going to run the ball, but we're only going to score 24 points at, at most. They can run the ball all day and still score 35 easy just because they break so many huge runs off of that. Um, and, and, and I think that's going to be the tactic. I think it's going to work to a degree. I think the defense is going to slow down Patrick Mahomes, but I think that you know even a slowed-down Patrick Mahomes – uh, I mean, we, we've seen it so far. You know, Patrick Mahomes can go two quarters without scoring a, a touchdown and then in the last two score 42 points. I mean, he's capable of that. So even if you get some wins against Patrick Mahomes in that offense, I still think it's going to be 35-35 at the end of the game. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like it's whoever has the ball last. And you know, you've got two head coaches who aren't exactly known for their – their clock management. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got Andy Reid on one side, and you got twenty-eight to three on the other side, and I, I, I feel like that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, all, all signs are pointing to more Ajita City, more kind of biting the your your fingernails to a nub. Both fan bases, and and it's going to be an exciting ending. Who's got the ball last? Because both of these quarterbacks, I think, are are capable of putting points on the board with what. A minute twenty to go. I mean, you don't. They don't need yeah. much, especially your guys. So, uh, if I'm the team that's taking the lead at the end, I want to do that carefully. I want to do that with no time left on the clock uh, and salt it away. And so, I feel like the 49ers' mode for doing that, running the ball, could uh, uh, be very advantageous for them at that point. Nate, anything else from you? Yeah. The, the last thing for me, Matt, and again, we, we really appreciate it, man. And I'm, you know, obviously we'll see each other tonight at the, uh, media extravaganza. Uh, I think Chiefs fans. Do you have a podium, Nate? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Ask, ask away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just, I'm just here. So I won't get fined. Um, the, I think a lot of Chiefs fans are going to be wondering, okay, I never heard of this dude called Raheem Mostert like 10 days ago. Is it <laughs> is it fair to believe that he will get the bulk of the carries on Sunday? Or will Shanahan go back to someone like Tevin Coleman or Matt Breida? Uh, or will it be more of a mix than just, you know, riding the hot hand that day? Is it is it even fair to try to to try to project who's going to be the guy who's going to take most of the carries for the 49ers on Sunday. Well, I mean, you'd be really kind of picking nits if you did. Uh, the, the 49ers MO in that way has been to give each of those three guys carries early on and then say, w- which of you looks the best. And, um, you know, against the Vikings, that was Tevin Coleman. And against the Packers, it was obviously Raheem Mostert. Uh, they've got a very, um, wise and experienced running backs coach Bobby Turner he's been doing that job not just for for Kyle Shanahan forever but for Mike Shanahan as well Mm. so you never you never doubt Bobby Turner he's got excellent insight Um, he's known for bringing in running backs uh, at the very end of the draft after the draft Uh, Coleman is the only running back on the 49ers roster who was who was drafted the rest of these guys uh, Brita Raheem Mostert uh, even Jeff Wilson, who could play if uh, if Tevin Coleman is injured. N- n- none of those guys was drafted, and yet they've been excellent this season. So it's it's the hot hand theory, and they're very good at picking out who has the hot hand. Uh, if you ask me, I would go with Mostert just because he's been surging lately. And uh, like I said, he, he's got the ability 
to be a uh, a workhorse back who gets non-workhorse back like yards. I mean, averaging over seven yards a carry against the the Packers, and he averaged five point six yards a carry during the regular season. That was wow. that was tops for any running back, and was only behind Lamar Jackson in the NFL. So uh, he's probably the most talented guy. Um, but, uh, it could be, it really could be any of those, uh, of those tailbacks. Matt, I really appreciate it. And I will have, you know, that, uh, Nate may not have a podium, but he does have sort of a a tendency to wander up to them, uh, (laughs) and and maybe uh, give you a mic check and take a few questions. So if you get to him quick, uh, he's, he's probably got an answer or two in him. Well, I might ask him if, if he was a sandwich, what sandwich would he be? <laughs> BLT, baby, all day. I, uh, BLT. <laughs> BLT. Really? Good answer. Love it. Love, it. Love a good BLT. All right. I don't know what, I don't know what kind of sandwich I'd be, but I'll, I'll think about it and, and try to have one by Friday. Thank you, Matt. We, we uh, really appreciate you making the time for us today. All right. Anytime, guys. See you around. Matt Barros, uh, from Here's the Catch. You can uh, listen to that. It's the Athletics Niners podcast. David Lombardi, Matt, and former 49ers defensive end Dennis Brown. Uh, they are all right here on The Athletic, bringing you all the 49ers uh, breakdowns that you could possibly ask for in your life. A BLT name? Yeah. Who doesn't Who doesn't love bacon? <laughs> it's the best. But you didn't, it's not a, it's not a bacon sandwich. Just lettuce and tomato. Tomato on there. Yeah, I don't lettuce and tomato. tomato. It's delicious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, it's it's great. Um, well, that that was the one that came to my mind that I knew immediately that I enjoyed. Uh, if I gave it a more considerable thought, maybe I would come up with something. I, I love a good Italian sandwich too, but I mean, I mean BLT is a classic, and you know, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, that's a that's like a top that's a top two seed in any bracket, man. Well, I'm gonna need some more time to think about <laughs> it. But uh, the good news is we have something to do before we get to the continued sandwich discussion. We have a little call and response on this one, Nate. We're back, baby. It's time to handle yes, your business. Yes, sir. Uh, Nate, I need you to guess. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor? What would you guess? A week, maybe? What would you guess, Nate? I'll say eight days. I'll, I'll, I'll go one, one day over. Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 what? days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. That's basically a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, this says you want treatment ASAP. And I'm just going to say, yeah, you probably want treatment ASAP. I mean, I would have said it differently, but this says ASAP, and that seems good enough for me. So that's why we have Roman. It's why Roman has spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor license in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment that you need on your schedule. You're running out of excuses, my guy. I mean, honestly, like if you're sitting here going, oh, I don't know. I don't, I'd say it's inconvenient. It's not. Well, it could be difficult. It's not. Well, I don't know. <laughs> How will I know? Can I, could I get a free online visit? You're damn right you can. Pick up your phone or go to your computer and complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. I would think there's a form of urgency connected to this issue. Stop bleeping around or start bleeping yeah, around. Well, well. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship you medication with your free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. Nate, go if in. If you want to bleep around, you must handle your business. I mean, that's 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 the that's the goal, right? I mean, as as coaches always say, I mean, we get into this to win the games, and uh, you know, <laughs> you play to win the game. You handle your business to bleep. Uh, so that's 
You've that's that's my nice. best. That's that's my best and an earnest endorsement of Roman. As uh, as look, we try to look. We know Super Bowl week is a very um, spontaneous time. I would I would I would sort of say. So Absolutely. if you want to be Absolutely. spontaneous. Especially if you're in Miami, my God. My God. If you want to, I mean, South Florida couldn't get hotter. Uh, if you or or Nate, let me say, if you're in Kansas City and the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, like, oh, I should have gotten to Roman earlier. Yeah, you you should have. But it's Monday right now. You've got, you got a second. You, Let's go. Free two look, day shipping. Just like the just like the Chiefs and the 49ers are game planning their hearts out. You have time. Yes. You have time to pick up the phone. Yes. You have time to to do some research. You have time. To, to study and prepare so that when a moment in bleeping is available, you will have already handled your business to then go ahead and start bleep. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. I don't think what you just said is their official tagline, but it's okay. But here's here's what I'm laying out here again. All right. We're coming up on, on Super Bowl Sunday. You got to listen. If the Chiefs win, you're going to want to celebrate. And if the Chiefs lose, you're going to want a little pick me up. So here's the thing. They have, uh, I, I just said, you can do the free online visit. You'll hear back within 24 hours. They have free two-day shipping. So it's sounding to me, I'm doing the math in my head, like maybe you can make this happen with a little bit of urgency here. And again, it takes 29 days to see a doctor in most major U.S. cities, according to this copy that I'm reading right now. I, I haven't personally fact-checked that, but I'm sure Roman has. So you can make this all happen with Roman right now. And, and really, at any time, at your convenience. But if you're struggling with ED, you see you need to do some research. How about this research? Go to GetRoman.com slash time for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash time for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. I am going to ask Roman to give us the URL, GetRoman.com slash handle yo business. But for now, it's GetRoman.com slash time. Hey, uh, hey, Nate, you want to you wanna answer some questions? We had a lot uh, from Friday last week, and we absolutely did not get to even yes, most of them. Yes, let's do it. Uh, just know, Super Bowl Monday, leading into Sunday, we are answering all of your questions. And thank you for uh, reaching out to us on Twitter. Obviously, listening, this podcast is free, but I would encourage you to, you know, subscribe. Because, you know, if you want all the details and Seth's triumphant return with all the all 22 your heart can handle um yeah hit hit a subscribe button you know so you can hear us on friday but yes let's get to everybody's questions you gotta listen you you subscribe you can not only hear our friday episodes you can read everything happening across the athletic i just i don't know what you could possibly be waiting for um eddie has maybe the most unnecessary of the questions not because it's a bad one but because i know um, he well, he he asks actually. Are you going to remind Troy Aikman that if the Chiefs win with Mahomes, he has one third of his Super Bowls after two years starting? And yeah, Eddie, I bet somebody will. And by somebody, I mean the tweet might be in my drafts either now. Or it soon. might be in your drafts now. Look, uh, there are a few emails that make you smile and give you glee. Uh, this occurred on Wednesday, January twenty second at four fifteen p.m. It came from a senior director of the Fox Sports Media Relations Department. <laughs> Tuesday, January 28th, from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I have the ability to walk up to Troy Aikman as an on-air personality oh, no! and shake his hand oh, no! and say, Good sir, we are one 
we are 60 minutes away from him having one third of your Super Bowl. So I just want you to, I just want oh you to acknowledge God. that. Now, will I attend this save the date Fox Sports Super Bowl Media Day availability? I'm, Nate, I'm going to okay, need you to. Then I will, I'm going to need you to get I, a quote I may from have Troy. to live tweet from this event. I'm gonna need you. I'm just gonna need you to hop in there with your recorder and just ask about. If, listen, if you want to wait, somebody else might legitimately ask about it. <laughs> but you just be like, uh, Nate Taylor from the uh, at the, uh, uh, the uh, Atlantic. Uh. Nate Taylor from the Atlantic. Um, <laughs> it's, I'm, hey, I'm now, Nate Tay <laughs> from the Atlantic. Now the one thing is. Uh, obviously, the league doesn't want me to do this. I cannot give the actual location of everyone's whereabouts. But if I did, if I even told you where this was occurring, I feel like there are Chiefs fans here in Miami that would do it for us. Oh, 100%. but I can't. I cannot say where this where this blessed event is occurring. But it is occurring from two to three o'clock on Tuesday. Oh my goodness. Um, wow, I didn't even yep. know that was happening. This is this is the first this is the first time that I've been absolutely crestfallen about not being in Miami right now because I would have moved <laughs> to, to heaven and earth to be in there at that. <laughs> Where's Troy? Oh Where's Troy? God. <laughs> Where's Troy? <laughs> oh my goodness! Excuse me, madam. Can you point me in the direction of one Troy Aikman? <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Where's where, where might Troy be? Where might I find Troy? Oh, we're giving you all the hints. Uh, Oh, man, that would be very good. Uh, Jim asks, if draws and screens are part of the Chiefs' game plan against San Francisco, and you can say if you buy that much of it, um, but if, if that is the case, will LaShawn McCoy play? I'm, I'm asking that question in two parts, really. Are there, is there going to be a, a draw and screen element of the game, and will LaShawn McCoy have a Super Bowl snap? I think for Andy Reid's heart, he will he will allow LaShawn McCoy to have a, at least a snap. Uh Seth is going to mention this on Friday, I assume. But uh, if you go on his Twitter account, he was all about the Andy Reid screening the 49ers to death last year. Um, and so there's a reason to believe that, like, you should do that. I mean, it's a dominant pass for us. They clearly want to get after the quarterback, use their aggression against them. Um, I don't know how many draws will necessarily be um, in the game plan, but I do think screens will be wildly important. And, look, it's been a while since we've seen, like, since we've seen, I should say, a bubble screen involving a wide receiver for the Chiefs. But if you spread them yeah. in like five wide receiver sets and you got, you know, Demarcus Robinson and maybe Travis Kelsey as like, you know, those kind of lead blockers in like a, a bubble screen kind of action for either McCole Harmon or, or Tyree Kill, reason to believe that might be effective or at least put that on put that on the field and just see how the 49ers react to it. But I think for for LaShawn McCoy, he's been saying all year, even as his snap count dwindled, that like so appreciative. Like I haven't been, I haven't won, like my, you know, I haven't been a division winner in you know x amount of years. Let alone like want a playoff game. So like, I think he's thrilled. The last time we really saw Lashawn McCoy play was Mexico City, which unfortunately was like when the Chiefs started their impressive eight game winning streak. But I do think he'll find a way to get him, uh, you know, the ability to be on the field for a snap, so that you know he can post pictures of it on Instagram. <laughs> That's, that's a very good logic. Uh, from Mike, I have a brother who's a Giants fan who won Super Bowl tickets. Despite knowing I have been a diehard Chiefs fan for 27 years, he decides to take his wife to the game because she wants to see the halftime show. Uh-oh. He says he has no choice. Do I disown him, her, or both? To be to be fair, and I was actually having a conversation uh, about this with Holly 
in our Lyft uh, drive yesterday, it's J-Lo and Shakira, okay? This isn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, Hollywood, as Hollywood say, this is not the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I know there are people who enjoy their music, <laughs> but right. this is J-Lo and Shakira. So, like, I kind of understand the wife uh, wanting to see perhaps her favorite divas. It should be a, a really expensive ticket. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it should be uh, an enjoyable show. Um, I'm eager to see what it's like to be inside an actual stadium during a Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and look, you know, whether it's Lady Gaga or Katy Perry or Beyonce, when the Super Bowl has allowed women to be at the front of these halftime shows, they generally go better than rappers, boy bands, rock stars. Point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good point. You know, I mean, the show will be great, but also, uh, I un- that hurts though. I understand. I understand. You're <laughs> yeah, like, we understand. Oh, maybe, yeah, of course. Make this yeah. little boy. Make make this little boys trip with the Chiefs fan. Nope, nope. Nope. Okay, taking the wife to go see. Hey, you know what? Hey, I'll pay for your J Lo Shakira ticket in the future uh, for your <laughs> wife if you take me now. No. Okay. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Yeah, it's tough. We love we love the wives. Um, let's go a couple more. Is this going to be the D Ford revenge game or the Blake Bell revenge game? That's about, from uh, Kenny. How about neither, Kenny? <laughs> how about Patrick <laughs> Mahomes hosting, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy in one hand and the MVP Trophy in the other? I, I, I have a lot of respect for D Ford. Clearly, I was with him every day of last season, and it's funny how Matt sort of uh, how Matt sort of referenced the idea of like, hey, D Ford played all the snaps last year. And he had to because Justin Houston had some time where he was injured. Breland Speaks was injured for a little bit of time and also trying to catch up to speed to play a position that he was not, you know, naturally born to play. Uh, and, look, it was a contract year when he was already dealt with the the label of being injury prone. So, like, um, I think D4 will give it his best go. Um, Blake Bell. Quietly playing really well in the playoffs. Um, you know, Just scored like extremely, extremely quietly. Extre- I mean, a whisper, a, Just a whisper, a whisper of a touchdown, and literally blocking Titans out of the freaking frame for Damian Williams, but quietly playing well. With that all being said, I, I just think <laughs> there won't be a revenge game for either one that we will truly remember. I just think they'll both play well. And I think the Chiefs should be victorious based on everything we've learned. Uh, if Mahomes is Mahomes, so um, if if D Ford even sacks Patrick Mahomes, I'll be wildly impressed. But I do think he'll get pressure. I do think he'll be effective. Um, it'll be interesting if the Chiefs run right at D Ford if he's on a certain yes, side of the field. Yes, it sure will. Uh, yeah, so sure keep that will. in mind, Kenny. Keep that in mind. If you see if you see D Ford. Uh, on the far end of one side of the field, uh, trying to set the edge. It'll be interesting to see if Andy Reid's like, "Hey, we should we should run at him." I also like that we're now figuring out if Time Zars listeners like ASMR or not. I think that's where this show's gone. Yeah, nothing like is that working? Nothing like trotting out a new gimmick the week of the Super Bowl. <laughs> we got new listeners in there, and they know this is what the podcast is about. Uh, let's take uh, one more question here before before Danielle pulls the plug. Uh, from uh, maybe my favorite display name on all of Twitter, from uh, All Panic No Disco. <laughs> I, love it so, I love it so much. Um, 
with the defense taking a big step this season and all the big names the Chiefs have, the Chiefs have among assistant defensive coaches, does everybody stay where they're at or does someone get a promotion somewhere else? Well, we're kind of out of the coaching cycle, aren't we? Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the place to start on that question. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're out of the coaching cycle, and I know that there were a couple guys from Tennessee that moved on and or retired once their season ended. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, eight days ago, I just I don't know. I mean, the way the contracts are structured, I believe it's always like a year plus a year. Um, so it's like the first year's guaranteed. But as long as Steve Spagnuolo is in place, your job is in place, which is what they essentially did with Bob Sutton's staff. Um, so it's like it's always a one plus one kind of deal where it's like, hey, you have a two year deal with the first year's guaranteed. And then if you come back the next year, then we just add another year to it and so on and so on. So I don't feel like many people would leave necessarily. Um, guys like Sam Madison and um, Dave Merritt, they're pretty young in their mm-hmm. career, so I think they'll stay mm-hmm. on the back end. Matt House just got back into the NFL, so I don't see him jumping back to college so quickly. He's sort of building his NFL resume as a as a linebackers coach. Brendan Daly is apparently the star, and we knew that when he was hired. Uh, yep. You know, coming from New England, uh, having worked with Steve Spagnuolo previously in St. Louis, um, the defensive line is just, despite Alex Okafor being injured and Emmanuel Ogba being injured, uh, the defense line has just played really well. Like, Colin yeah. Saunders has gone leaps and bounds. Obviously, Mike Pinnell has been uh, a revelation. So, Brendan Daly is the guy that I think has the most potential to leave. I just don't think it'll be this year. It feels like one of these years, Brendan Daly is perhaps going to be a defensive coordinator. Um, and so, it'll be interesting to see when or how soon that comes. But I think, I think Spagnuolo's staff stays intact after Sunday's game no matter the outcome in my opinion all right we did it you can uh you can rest easy now that we have kicked off your Super Bowl week here on Times Ours you can follow me on Twitter at by Nate Taylor I am at JB Brisker you can tweet about the show with the hashtag Times Ours or Time Sours the uh, mythical candy that is so sour that it makes you uh, jump through space and time. And then uh, Seth Kaiser, as we assume, will be back with us um, on Friday. He's handling a family thing right now. So uh, we, he's missed two shows in a row, but it wasn't a suspension. Nate and I have tried to get him suspended before, and <laughs> it didn't work. So failed again this time as well. But you can follow him on Twitter at RealMNChiefsFan. You can obviously read everything from all three of us up on The Athletic. And right now... It's all three of us plus everyone else. So if you go to theathletic.com slash Chiefs, you can see all the Chiefs-related content from everybody that's going up right now, and it's just an impeccable uh, quality and an unbelievable amount of it all up on The Athletic. Nate, from Miami, please do us the honors of of bringing this Super Bowl kickoff episode to a close. I just want everybody to know that, yes, a group of Chiefs players such as Tyreek Hill... Garrick Dieter, uh, they all landed in Miami in the same red Chiefs Aloha Hawaiian shirts. And I just want you to know that yes. me, Josh Briscoe, and a pair of other media members into training camp by surprising Andy Reid doing the same thing. So uh, the se- They stole our idea! They, they kind of stole they our idea. Our they, it, the season's come full circle. Uh, I still remember to this day Andy Reid opening his dorm room to us because that's what he does uh, on the last day of training <laughs> camp. He lets some of the writers in and we get a little bit more time than usual. 
And uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, by the way. This is like readily available. But like there was like seven or eight of us who had uh, had our nice Hawaiian shirts on, all different colors, all different shades. We even got Adam Teicher to do it from ESPN.com. I mean, like the most yes. senior guy in the media core. Um, so it was it was wild when I was on my plane yesterday and I saw that like, you know, the guys love Andy Reid, uh, just like a lot of people do. And so, yes, they they kind of stole our idea. And so the season began in St. Joseph with reporters asking Andy Reid ridiculous questions in Hawaiian shirts. And the season will end with uh, Andy Reid's own players arriving to the Super Bowl week in, in red Hawaiian chief shirts. And also, I will say this. I've, I've pulled up photographic evidence. I, we had at least a dozen members yep. of Chiefs media in Hawaiian shirts by the on the last day of training camp and i've just realized that this has completed my lifelong goal which was to get to a fashion statement before travis kelsey (laughs) yep you did it you pulled it off man i did it i did it i'm done (laughs) 